0: Elliot, a civil engineer, is appointed as part of the professional team on a turnkey project for the design and construction of a large commercial and office complex. The layout of the upper floors of the complex changes and it is when the formwork for the upper floors is stripped, it is found that there are cracks in the horizontal slabs and the column heads in the lower floors. Investigations reveal that there is an error on the design of the reinforced concrete in the lower floors what to do now welcome to episode three of ensuring trust with leopard a podcast where we share the stories behind the leopard underwriting team growing the business of protecting your reputation in each episode we speak to members of the team hearing stories of how they've ensured trust and helped protect reputations since 1991. now if you're a contractor engineer or in the construction sector you want to listen closely to this one. In this episode, we're talking about single project PI, the type of insurance that covers engineers such as Elliot, subcontractors, principals, contractors, and in certain instances, developers. With us from the Leopard team are Keith Mumford, head of single projects. Welcome, Keith. Thank you. And Steve Von Roritz, chair of Leopard. Thank you. Good morning. Keith, let's kick off with you. You're a qualified civil engineer, but have been involved in construction insurance, and then later on, the construction liability market. So I figure this type of insurance is like second nature to you. Drawing from your own personal experience, how essential is single project PI?
1: As far as a developer is concerned, or a financier, uh, it has become almost imperative to take out single project PI to protect Not only the financiers and developers' interests, but in fact anybody who's involved with the project.
0: So let's toggle back to the story of Elliot. How commonplace is a story like this? I mean, how many real-world Elliots are protected against a risk of this nature? Uh, Well, most
1: Elliots as engineers should have their own PR policy. Mm. However, in a case like this, an individual's PR policy might not respond fast enough to the problem. And the the developer might end up with um, having to pay for the rectification of his work himself Mm. if there's not a single project PI policy in place. If there's a single project PI policy in place, such as we've got at Leopard, which we call a rectification policy, it would step in immediately Mm. and rectify the problem so the project's not delayed.
0: So, Steve, the single project PI is quite a niche product a response to a very specific customer need. What is it about this product that sets it apart?
2: So if I go back a little bit of time, Leopard Underwriting didn't write single project policies. Um, We only started this a couple of years ago. And the reason we only started a couple of years ago was we needed a skill set that understood this space. Mm. And that's where Keith got involved. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a long history with us. In different guises, um, but he had he had nothing else to do basically. Uh, so, so we thought it would be a good idea. How generous of you! But we, we, but we had been looking at this for quite a long while. In fact, internally, we'd already developed our own rating methods and a policy wording. Um, and when we uh, when we contracted with Keith, we found there's a lot of synergy. So that was that was quite an interesting thing and you reference passion Hmm. that is exactly what we were doing um i i would be worried about the individual growth and development of keith because i think he's probably got a few years under his belt Um, but but when we when we look at look at single project as a niche product Hmm. it is very distinctly different to the general built environment pi policy which Hmm. is underwritten as keith has mentioned on an annual policy basis This policy and the core of this policy, and Keith referenced it just now, is about being involved with the developer, Mm -hmm. the financier, the contractors, the engineers, Mm. the architects, the quantity surveyors, the whole value chain. The whole value chain in relation to professional acts Mm. that are performed negligently and cause a problem. Mm. And the idea of the policy, the core idea of the policy, is to get involved and fix things up. Before you have to fight about who's liable for it, therefore everybody's involved. That distinguishes this policy from an annual policy where everybody goes to their corners, mm. they have their lawyers involved, and everybody tries to defend against their liability. Mm. and the poor old developer or owner yeah. has to fight and prove liability. All we have to do here is saying, has there been a professional act mm. that has caused the problem? fix it so you're actually contributing to the project running smoothly um, and hopefully a project that delivered
0: without problems post-handover. Okay. Now, we've been told there's something called the leopard touch. What's that about?
2: That that really comes back to our core ethic Mm -hmm. of understanding the customer needs. And I referenced the fact we didn't do this business up until two years ago. That touch is about making sure we fully and absolutely understand what the customer requirements are in this area, what the project is about where it is located, the environmental impacts, the social issues involved, who's doing the work, mm. who are the professionals, their track record. Yeah. And, and that I think is part of our Leopard touch. If we get those elements right and we've understood it correctly, there should be no problems with the policy performance at a future date. We're taking this, as we speak today, we're taking one step further, um, expanding out what Keith is able to do to a team of people, project managed, where the person would look for lawyers' input, for accountants' input, maybe, other engineers' input, a creator. A group of people that will look at the project and review it almost like an audit and the output ultimately would be a document that could be shared with the developer and the financiers and the owners of the project that hopefully adds value it's not just pay premium and hope nothing happens we hope to be able to contribute to the performance and the efficacy of the product by doing exactly that at our expense uh, and I think that k- connects to our general theme mm. and ethos of having a leopard touch and how we build a product once again on a plain language basis. It is unique in the market.
0: So I guess it's a form of hyper due, dil- due diligence then, isn't it?
2: Yes, mm. I, it, it is. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Keith has got a lot of experience mm. in here. Brokers um, and uh, customers fill out these forms <clears throat> And many years ago, the form was just like, here's the name of the project and the size of it and, you know, a few people involved. But it's a great deal more than that. If, mm. if, if we're contributing to the success of a project, it's critical that we do so properly. Mm. And, and, you know, the application form is is just a confirmation of some information. Yeah. It's the depth of information behind it, timescales, as I said earlier, mm. all the elements of a project and make sure that we've reviewed it understood it. Yeah. And the product that we offer ultimately is a contribution to the quality of the product,
0: project. So in the, in the spirit of doing things properly, what's your advice to your brokers on this product? Don't do it.
2: Don't get involved (laughs) in single project (laughs) PR covers. If you have, if you do not have deep experience in Mm -hmm. the construction and built environment space, This is not something that uh, youngsters, with respect to youngsters, (laughs) um, should get involved in. You need a lot of experience and understanding of the moving parts of a project and the professionals involved, uh, and who's doing what to whom. This is danger space if they get it wrong for a broker. They've got to have the experience. Only experienced people should do it.
0: Hmm. Now, Keith, you've underwritten several projects in the built environment without breaching confidentiality. Tell us a bit more about some of these projects.
1: Well, the very, very one of the very first and most interesting ones was regard to a what we call a pre- post-tension uh, slab. It was a small shopping centre, well, relatively small shopping centre because there was only one major tenant, and that was pick and pay. <clears throat> and it was due to be complete... Um, for Christmas shopping. Um, Shortly after the deck was stripped it was found that there were cracks around some of the column heads and um, an investigation revealed that the design engineer who was utilised by the contractor who erected the slab uh, had made an error in the design of the reinforcing around the column heads. This could have been a disaster because it could have meant that pick and peg wouldn't open on time because vehicles couldn't travel over it. So we stepped in and immediately recognizing that it was the engineer's fault, we commissioned temporary structures to be erected around the column heads Mm. to hold up the slab during the Christmas period and post-Christmas period. And then after that, we went back and put a permanent remedial solution mm. in to support the slab. And we went from having a very, very dissatisfied developer and a very, very uh, dissatisfied pick and pay to two people that couldn't help us enough. And uh, yeah, it was, that was using as the leopard touch of a rectification policy. Don't fight with everybody, just fix the problem. Um, Another one was (coughs) single-project policy that was issued to a well-known contractor whose name shall go unmentioned (laughs) for some very, very big conveyor belt structures at uh, Kusili Power Station. Um, And when they started to try and erect the trestles that hold up the structures, these things started to fall over. Mm. And they notified of a potential claim and we appointed, or the underwriters appointed, some specialist engineers who, unbeknown to us at the time, were dealing with a similar problem at Madupi um, Power Station. And they came to one look at these and they said, you know, these designs are impossible. They're not going to work. Mm. And we actually offered their services to the contract. And they said, no, they'll get their German counterparts involved, which they did. And they brought the redesigns. And we said, they're not going to work either. So eventually we 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 assisted them to rectify their design. Mm. If they hadn't had our input, I'm not sure they would have ever finished those contracts. Mm. And there was another way. We had to step in because we could see... Um, Consequential, not not. We could see delay costs arising because mm. the contract wasn't going to be finished, yeah. and we might have to pay those delay costs. Sure. So we had to get out as yeah. fast as possible.
0: And I like the emphasis on no use complaining about something; just get the work done. Get it done, and and just get focusing it. on that. And
1: we were very proud that we were actually able to s- assist them and fix the problem. Um, <clears throat> This, this last, this last one is a very, very interesting one and I don't think my colleague, Steve, even knows about it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> goes back many years when and Roberts owned a company in Cape Town called Consani Engineering mm-hmm. and they were the second biggest tank manufacturers, uh, tank container manufacturers mm-hmm. in the world. And their standard tank was 20,000 liters. And they decided they're going to go up to 30,000 meters and they're going to build 4,000 of these tanks and they started selling them around the world. Mm. And they were snapped up. Mm. So the production line, off they went and they started sending out these tank containers around the world and the word started to come back, they're failing, oh. they're cracking. Mm. They started investigation They discovered that their design department actually under read what we call the bending moment in the tank once it's full. Mm. So now they sat with the, the underwriters here in South Africa sat with a problem. They had 4,000 of these tank containers floating around the world, <laughs> some of them carrying noxious liquids. What do they do about it? And they came, came, we all came up with a very interesting solution. We manufactured 400 what we call courtesy tanks, okay. correctly designed this time, <laughs> And these were then taken to their clients all around the world mm. and said, here, yeah, okay, here's, here's 100 tanks for you. You can use them while we take your tanks away and we'll go and fix them and then we'll give them to you back and you give us our courtesy tanks back. Yeah. At the end of the day, the underwriters sold those 400 courtesy tanks and made back about 50% of the cost <laughs> of the <laughs> <play>. <laughs> So there was no <laughs> argument, there was only cooperation, yeah. and everybody came out smiling all this.
0: I think that really speaks to having to understand that whatever you're insuring, you need to be aware of all the moving parts, what Steve mentioned earlier. So before we wrap up, what thing maybe on top of mind, as, we, as we've been talking, is there anything perhaps that you, you think either a client or a broker or... But just that that is something that's been in the back of your mind for a while that you want to you want to share I think from my part my
2: point of view is that now we've got involved in this mm. space uh, we, we always had the ambition to do it yeah um, but when you get to these larger building projects mm. built environment projects it is become I think really important to make sure that the Financiers and the developers understand that they need to contract with whoever they contract with, not in the in typical legal language that sets you apart. And from the day one, it almost starts with a mm. with a litigious nature. Yeah. Or I'm over here, you're over there. They need to have a cooperation agreement, a partnering agreement, almost um in the and reflected in those contracts that says we're in this together our reputations are involved let's do things if they go things go wrong let's fix it up as opposed to everybody running to their corners yeah. taking out the legal contracts and suing each other yeah the only person that gets rich there is a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> and they're rich enough already so, Sorry to those <laughs> boys, <Well>, are <laughs> <well>, customers. <laughs> it's, well, it's so important; I'm
1: no, it really is. Okay. I can only reiterate what Steve said: it is essential to understand the contracts, and it's essential to understand the insurance contract or policy. And we, as their are going to be able to provide them with a measure of, by the excuse me, by the investigation and the. Information we will produce, it'll be able to, the financiers and developers will be able to take that into account, I believe, when they're forming
2: their contracts. I sincerely hope they'll look at it like that. I mean, if you look, if you go back to Keith's example um, of where the design and the trestles weren't yeah. working, I would hope, and we're not doing the design obviously, yeah. um, but there is a, a at least a basic review of yeah. things. And if we've got the right personnel in play, mm. maybe that would never have occurred. Mm. Never have occurred. Yep, the much. customer may have had to pay more because for a better design. Yeah. But guess what? That's so cheap compared and, yes, to the, the delays and things that go wrong yeah. and the collapse. Yeah. God forbid. Yep. Um, so I, I think that's our, our future generation mm. of writing this business sure. is exactly that. So we've done. We've helped the design of those yeah. trestles.
0: Future proofing. It's
2: future proofing. Yeah. Mm. Insurance aside, I mean, yeah. you still need the insurance yeah. in case there's a catastrophe. Anything can happen. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, but that's fine.
1: we're yeah. we not going to take over the role of the engineers. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
2: that's not our job. But we give an audit, a yeah. review, mm. a due diligence. I think mm. you mentioned mm. is exactly that. Mm. Um, that the the, the the end result of that project is yeah. a good built
0: environment project gentlemen this has been educational i'm sure it is for our listeners as well thank you for listening to this episode of ensuring trust with leopard to listen to previous episodes check out the social media channels on youtube linkedin instagram and facebook and under the leopard underwriting and on twitter at leopard underscore writing. to find out more about leopard products or to get support as a broker, visit leopard.co.za. Till we meet again, make sure your reputation is protected.